Oh yes, baby, a triple. Test. No, okay. wrong. Test, test. Oh, baby, a triple. Test, no, test. One, two, three. Welcome to the third episode of Tangents. Today here with me is Cedric and Diel, and uh, we have a special guest today. Say hi to Misha, or Misha, say hi to our audience. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hello. Hello, who? Who am I saying hello to? The audience. The uh, podcast hello, Just the audience. Hello. Just a the three people, Greetings. including me and my mom. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I managed. I managed to get three of the student leadership here. <laughs> so oh, just right. three, three student wow, leaders okay. and me, which is interesting, I guess. But it's nice that they're willing to do this. <laughs> Cast credit, I guess. It's nice. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Cast credit. So something we wanted to talk about today, I don't know how this topic came up, but we were thinking of veganism. And DL had a hot take. I mean, I don't have a hot take. It's just that I have a hot take for everything. <laughs> and I always have an, uh, a strong opinion. And vegans are uh, uh, a complicated one. <laughs> Because you understand their point on things, but then it's just uh, counterproductive in a way on like, or like the species of humans and how we're, like how our diet is actually supposed to be, which is still a debate in itself. Um, what do you mean about our diet? So uh, humans are like uh, biologically made to be omnivores. Like you can see it in our teeth. Uh, they're made, they're not made either for vegetables or meat. Like they're omnivore teeth. They're not carnivore. They're not. Uh, and you 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 understand that uh, most animals have a pretty diverse uh, diet. Like there are some exceptions. Like some animals just eat one thing and that's it. But it's just generally evolutionarily not that good to eat to be able to just consume one thing. So yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know. The like the principle of being vegan, what erupted like big time a few years ago, like what ten five to ten years ago yeah. or something. Yeah. And well, I feel like there were waves over time, like the seventies. Uh, yeah. All right, but like the yeah. big boom came like yeah, a, sure, five to ten years ago, and I mean. Look, I have nothing against vegans. However, their way of saying that, yes, it is wrong to kill it, animals in order to eat them. Well, okay. Sorry, that's just natural selection. Yeah. You, know, you either yeah. get killed or you kill. It's been like that for years, um, for centuries, for decades, for millennia, whatever. Um, and I don't know. I was just It's live and let live, you know? Um, as long as they leave me alone when I want to eat my steak, they can, I don't know, munch on some grass or something. I don't really mind, but... I know, this whole social media bullshit about um, uh, stopping people to go to a new, into a butcher's shop or into a steakhouse or something yeah. like that. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's just unnecessarily provocative. Cedric is the one who actually thought of this topic for some reason. <laughs> so we just went into like random like things we could talk about and we just picked this one quickly. Uh, 
it's it's interesting to look at the morality of it because there's a lot of things like included in the whole like debate because then you have uh, how we actually treat animals and because you could say that you could kill animals and still have it be mortal and you have things like halal with the uh, uh, with Islam and you have like you have you, they people have been trying to make this mortal while also consuming animals but it's a it's a weird topic I would say um, I guess it's weird in, weird in the sense that it affects everyone like we all need to eat that's the bottom line and just the way we get our nutrients i feel like just trying to play devil's advocate out here uh even though i love meat i would eat a steak right now i understand that i can live without it especially in today's world it is generally very easy to live without consuming animal products and it's not necessarily a bad thing because it's not just about the morality of it. It's also about the other effects. For example, uh, it, I, wa- I was reading a study about like how much it takes to produce meat like yeah. in masses. Yeah. And like for one uh, pound of meat, which is like, what, half a kilogram? Yeah, around no, even like 0.45 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, it takes a few thousand liters of water. Yeah, it takes a lot of water. A lot of water to get like half a kilogram of meat from uh, just to produce it, like mm. to grow the food for the animal and, to, and then to raise the animal and then to get it to, to sell it and all of that. It's just like, it's very inefficient. Okay, and but on that point, how much water does it take to um, grow plants? Yeah, for example, a large uh, cornfield like we have outside of campus, you know, mm-hmm. you know how much water, pesticides and um, what's it called? Fertilizer it needs. Yeah. It's, it's also not that inexpensive. Like the costs, meat I assume is still a little bit more costly than that, but it depends on the size of the farm, you know. For example, like the big cornfields in the US or um, like big... Uh, Wheat fields in Russia, for example, yeah. they consume massive amounts of money just in order to keep them in place, right? Mm. I mean, you were, you were speaking about morals early on, right? And um, th- there is, of course, the halal way to kill an animal, you know, with dignity, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then there is, like, the modern slaughterhouse method in which they just, uh, like, skin the animal while it's still alive. And yet... It's a horrible thing to do, I agree. Animals shouldn't be treated like that. Animals that are um, killed to be eaten should be killed in a dignified way. Um, and it, it's not just morals, right? So the taste, if the animal is stressed during the process of dying, a lot more hormones get set off into the meat, right? Which worsens the taste, making the... F- yeah, uh, this, this is one of the factors which renders the meat um, cheaper, right? Yeah. Because it just tastes a little bit more sour because of those hormones which sure. are being injected into the meat. Um, but, like, production-wise, yes, there, 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 is, there are some boulders in the way of uh, making more efficient production within, within the butcher industry. Or, but, you know, it's, it's been like this for 200 years now. No, you're right, but uh, it's not just about, like, meat, producing meat being, like, a challenge. It's also about, like, 
uh, it becoming a challenge to be able to produce it. Like, uh, we, there will be times in the not so far future where consuming meat will be like a genuine luxury simply because it will be so hard to get it, which is why I feel like starting on veganism at this point is not really that bad. Like, uh, I'm I'm not saying that I would ever become vegan. Like, yeah. I'm could, trying to make that clear. It's just that like, it's really not a bad idea for anyone. You could go a step back and start off with vegetarianism, you know? Yeah. You, don't, you don't know or immediately have sure. to go full. Sure, sure, know? sure. I think I think all like the the debate about veganism has a lot of dimensions and a lot of the times mm-hmm. vegans themselves only restricted to the moral argument of you know killing animals mm-hmm. is bad and the thing is it's uh, like you have to ask those people uh, would you prefer like a cow to be eaten by a wolf right would you be okay yeah. t- to see that or would you would you be okay if that animal got killed by, I don't know, some machine, right? Because, yeah. I know, what's the difference for the, for the cow, right? Yeah. If anything, getting devoured by, like, a pack of wolves alive is much more, much more painful than being killed by, like... Uh, I've actually seen some videos of, uh, of how, they, how they do it for most animals. It's pretty much the same for cows. It's like some kind of a gun right which just hits the head it doesn't shoot bullets or something because that would just uh be have bad influence on the meat it just kind of kills the cow pretty much instantly and i don't know from my perspective that's more humane than getting devoured alive a lot of the cases there are a lot of arguments uh, made both and against for example if if not for humans having this meat industry right uh, cows would probably, not probably, 100% not be in the numbers that they are today. Yeah. Cows are literally being sustained by humans. Cows cannot live by themselves. They are dependent on humans. There are more than, I think, 1 billion cows right now in the world, as well as pigs, chickens, so on. They wouldn't be able to, to sustain those numbers without humans giving them food, without humans giving them care. Other sides of the argument also include the fact that, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, we're messing with nature and stuff, but you have to ask the, ask the question, are we not a part of nature? Yeah, are yeah. we also like, you know, humans are also nature and just because we learned how to control some stuff doesn't mean that we can't do it. Yeah. And also the fact that, you know, biologically consuming meat has had a tremendous positive effect on our, yeah. on our abilities because being omnivores is, I think, the, the best of the bunch, you know? Humans, for example, uh, being carnivore, right? You, you can eat a lot of meat, you can eat mm-hmm. pretty much anything. Like, humans can't just go to a corpse and start eating it like yeah. hyenas, right? But we, but we can eat, like, some meat, some healthy meat. And we're not full herbivores either, we can't just eat grass. We can eat apples and stuff. We're kind of the middle of the bunch, and this allowed us to survive and to get the best calories, which scientifically has been proven to positively affect brain growth. So pretty much modern humanity, like the way it exists right now, is, is a result of humans consuming both meat and, uh, and, uh, and plants and stuff. So I think there's like lots of debate about this that you know, I don't think there's really one correct answer, one 
yeah. incorrect answer. Yeah. But what I would say is a correct, um, a correct criticism of the media industry was just how how efficiently it's being done. And I'm using the word efficiently in a bad context because, yeah. for example, chickens are. Uh, if you see factories of producing chickens, it's pretty gruesome. For yeah. example, all male chickens are being instantly killed once they're born because they're not able to, because their meat, since uh, testosterone is more in male uh, yeah. animals, their meat usually tastes worse and they're not able to lay more eggs because they're male. So they're not needed, therefore they're instantly killed once they're born. And the, and the existing chickens, they're pretty much restricted in a tiny area of like, was it yeah. like 20 centimeters squared yeah. throughout their yeah, entire lives? Like yeah. And, you know, things like this. As small as you can make it, because you said it's efficient uh, yeah. to, exactly. to make, to market it, to sell it. It's a business at the end of it. And the thing you said about uh, animals depending on humans, it, it's a lot because of us that they depend on us. It's not, yeah. it's not because they always is dependent on us. We've made that happen by... Um, domesticating animals, these animals specifically. Yeah. I, I think another perfect example would be the dog, right? So yeah. over thousands of years of breeding, we've domesticated basically the wolf and yeah. bred them into vulgar abominations like the chihuahua. Yeah. Um, first dogs. <laughs> yeah, not um, even... It's like, something which shouldn't have happened in the first place because they yeah. just have no place in the natural world. Yeah. Um, but... Yes, humans weren't bred or, well, they, they didn't develop as carnivores, but they definitely have their place in the meat-eating um, pyramid, right? And them just making these mass-producing factories of meat, for example, the chicken factories, um, that's just a way of human ingenuity of further processing or, or um, developing the, the industry revolving around meat. Right, so they're just exploiting certain benefits. It's all—it's all about money, right? Yeah. If 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 money wouldn't have been such a big factor, the, the, it's got to be a bold statement. But I assume that the factories in which animals were bred and killed and produced into like groceries, I think it would be a lot more humane if it wouldn't all revolve around money. I mean, of course, but ifs and buts don't really come to the argument because we're talking about the real world like yeah, yeah. well it doesn't yeah. matter if it would be better because it's not i think yeah. a good fix to it is like setting rules and regulations, regulations. by the gov by the government for example uh last year california made it illegal to produce and sell foie gras in california foie gras is uh, uh duck liver mm -hmm. but it's enlarged duck liver which is and like the way that they get it is by uh, force feeding ducks so like you put it like you literally just shove a tube inside of a duck's yeah. stomach and you force feed it until its liver uh, gets uh, so much like such like a very high amount of fat and then they just like sell that and these ducks are it's basically tor torture for the mm -hmm. ducks and like in the case of california it's actually nice like they are they are lowering uh, an evil and it's like yeah. not something that you really need yeah. But also a point that Misha made before about like uh, humans coming to this point through being omnivores, through eating meat. I totally get that. But I feel like we are at a point where we don't need to eat meat anymore. Like we can get the same nutrients, the same things in a, in a plant-based way. 
And like we have very good examples for it. We can get proteins through spinach and carrots, mm -hmm. or we even have like people who are trying to do to do it. Like we have the Impossible Burger. Yeah, like Beyond Meat. Or like Beyond Meat and stuff like that, which are yeah. you have the same amount of nutrients, and in, in in many ways it's even healthier. It's even better for you. It, but that is what I don't get in the morality sense, because if you don't want to kill animals, you should technically find like meat. Not maybe not disgusting, but what's the point of eating something that's fake? It's not the real thing. Like you don't want meat, but you want meat. It's like I guess they're trying to fill like a market uh, mm -hmm. space where where people who are who are starting to realize like they're having the discussion with themselves, which we are sort of having right now. Right? Do I really want to continue eating meat? Is it worth it? Um, I don't want to support the industry, which is so brutally killing and uh, breeding cattle or farmyard animals, right? So then I, I think they're just trying to fill that gap in which they say, okay, we're going to offer a product which is very similar to what they were used to eating. However, it has no comparable background to that steak that they used to eat. It's grown in a field, basically. It's mashed together with some water. And bam, it it's, tastes the same, so they won't feel a difference, but they won't have to live with that bad, um, with that bad feeling in the stomach, right? Of having supported that industry. But coming back to um, the laws, which would restrict, yeah. which would restrict certain acts like uh, the goose liver, um, duck liver. I think, in some countries, it might be realistic. Yeah. But in most countries, it isn't. Because, let's say like the first world countries, right? They're starting to pay way more attention to the environment, way more to uh, climate change and, and things like that, right? Things that affect everyone. Um, and th this would include, of course, uh, animal, the, the well-being of animals, right? Um, however, in, in less developed countries, it, it seems unrealistic because they <laughs> they have other things to worry yeah, about. They're, yeah. they're collapsing economy and blah, 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 you know. Um, but I think it's also large part thanks to capitalism. Um, the factor that the mega conglomerates, they're not going to give up their source of income just because of some hippie protesters saying, oh, you can't eat meat. So I think it has a lot to do with the financial power of those conglomerates. Mm -hmm. It's something that we spoke about, Michelle and I, uh, a few days ago in the global politics course. So I think it touches in on that. But the thing with laws is that um, <laughs> animals are technically in like partly seen as property, like you own animals. So it, at what point is it like, it's my duck, I do what I want with it. Like, if you understand what I mean. So at what point is it like it's your duck and to what point is it not your duck? Well, like, no, that's not... See, that's the thing with laws and regulations because you some of the things that you can do to, uh, to animals that are made for food, you cannot do to your own animals. For example, yeah, yeah. Uh, restricting a, your own pet dog in a... 20 centimeter in, in a 20, area. Well, <laughs> that's a dog. Like, let's yeah. say in a one by one meter room, is animal abuse, yes, and you get yeah, you can so get punished for it. But doing yeah, that you, in a you'll go to jail. You will it. go to jail for it, yeah. But doing that in a production sense, it's fine. See, like yeah. that's and yeah, as long in as you a, have the license. 
Mm-hmm. As long as you have the license. Yeah, but it's really not that hard to get the license. Like, yeah. generally, in the capitalist world, what the country wants is you to make money because then the country makes money. And it makes sense. It's just uh, not always the right way to go about things. And one argument that you made about uh, um, the regul- about countries' uh, regulations not being very effective as in like they cannot really enforce them because most countries are developing or they don't really have the power uh, you're right but i don't necessarily see that as uh, that big of an issue because you also have to think of numbers like for example uh, some of the biggest uh, countries that produce animals for food are the us and brazil mm-hmm. and brazil, yeah. both of these countries totally have the power to to regulate and to yeah. to do it yeah. the right way and like for example in brazil they were able to regulate uh, things like the use of uh, psycho- psychedelic drugs and things like that and they do it really well and i'm sure they can also regulate meat like i don't think that's that big of a deal when you have such a big and country with so much uh, income the way i see uh things being improved to the better is not current manipulations on how the meat industry works, but a completely new innovation which is going to change everything, and I think it's coming pretty soon. And actually, it has already come. And this is synthetic meat, yeah. which is which is tastes exactly the same, has exactly the same nutrients. It's basically exactly the same because it's grown from the same cells, right? But it's uh, but it's not. Uh, a result of uh, you know raising an animal and then killing it for for years, uh, waiting for that product. Like currently in this in this version of that process, it's uh, it's very expensive and time consuming. Now obviously, like all, all innovations go, at first they are not as efficient. That's how all innovations life cycles go. Uh, but I really really see this breakthrough as as a major sign. Uh, of the meat industry either having to adapt a lot maybe like i in i see in 50 years right 60 let's be conservative let's say okay let's say 60 years so i'll, I'll yeah. give them in meat industry 60 years meat industry is going to turn into a very niche very small group yeah. of people who you know for some reason want to eat the real thing yeah. you know uh like i like just how we talk about fruits and apples. Like I don't want those uh, GMO apples. They're gonna say, I don't want those lab-grown uh, meat. I want the real thing. I think meat industry is gonna collapse very soon after this uh, meat, synth- uh, meat synthesization process actually takes its, uh, its speed and, and turns into a cheap thing. Because I think that most people don't actually I, they don't actually want to kill animals, you know. It's not it's not what most people want to do, but most people also want to consume meat, right? And the thing is, if if you can consume meat without killing animals, and it's the same price, it's maybe even cheaper. I would actually think that synthesizing meat would, in like twenty thirty years, turn out to be cheaper than like actual meat because, like. Uh, Yon said that a lot of money goes into them, like you have to raise them. And it's not only the water account which he brought, which is already pretty huge. It's also the fact that you, 80% of the world's crops go to feeding our farm animals, right? Only 20% is the bread we eat as humans and the bakery and stuff. Only 20%. 
We also spend massive amounts of money for the antibiotics that go into those crops. And uh, those antibiotics even actually uh, do have a huge risk containing them because imagine billions of cows and like other animals are now eating those antibiotics yeah. for decades yeah. and the viruses start adapting to them and those viruses, bacteria, right, bacteria and everything basically, uh, they get resistant to those, uh, to those antibiotics and now they're ha harmful for us, right? Yeah. And it's definitely not the first time that humans have been uh, have been dying from diseases that which originated from animals. I mean, like right now it's the bat. <laughs> right yeah. now it's the bat. It used to be the pig in the early two thousands. The swine flu. Yeah, that, that was that was in the early two thousands. That was around uh, two thousand and seven, two thousand. Yeah, yeah, even more recent. So I think there's a lot of industry. Like there's a lot of. Uh, bad things that go that are going around in the meat industry and this uh, new innovation, if it manages to stay around and uh, come to its fruition, is going to change uh, how the game is played real big time. So that's my uh, opinion about how all of this is going to turn out. But I'm not really sure any anyways about everything, of course. So yeah. I think I think we've been talking uh, in this in like a very we've been trying to talk in, on this in a very objective way because personally like I want to say this very subjectively I enjoy me I enjoy as morbid as it might be I think I'm into the small minority of like I like that it's an animal I'm not I'm not like I wouldn't personally go and kill an animal like I I don't think I'd be able to but there's a lot of people who uh, enjoy hunting and just enjoy the fact that they're eating the meat they got for themselves the meat they hunted for the meat they cooked it's a it's very subjective but it's a for some people it's a very big thing and they want to still have that to like whatever degree and there are rules on hunting and um whatever for for those people but I don't think it should be seen as more as like wrong, even like morally. Yeah, I think there will always be certain sides, you know. I mean, hunting used to be um, an act of survival, yeah. um, and now people have turned it into a sport. But farming is also, it used to instill as an act of survival, and people just started farming for fun because they have nothing to do, so yeah. they grow like a vegetable garden on their balcony or something. Um, it's just, I think it, it's different interests. People want to yeah. do different things. People want to yeah. do quiet, relaxed, like growing vegetables. And then there's people who just want to, you know, have a rush of adrenaline when they shoot a wild boar or something. Um, like Gail said, I also really enjoy eating meat. I've killed an animal before, but I think in the long run, when we come back to, in a few years, the meat industry will be very thinned out. I think also I will, like, I'll consider, well, I'll probably turn into a vegetarian. Um, first because of the cost, but second because it's probably going to be more nutritious than uh, meat in the first place. Because technology revolving around food will be more developed and uh, scientists will figure out how to get more nutrients into a certain load of uh, meals. Blah, blah, blah. But... Coming back to my original topic, yes, I think it's just the process of selective interests of people. Yeah. 
And I don't think anybody should be judged for what they're interested uh, in. Definitely, but just like Misha said before, and like going back to Deal's point, it is very likely that uh, Misha really, like this was a very good point, that the meat industry, the actual real meat industry, will be a very small niche. Yeah. Like you said, being part of a small group of people who yeah. like to like know that it's a an actual it's an actual animal, and yeah, like that's a thing. And Cedric talked about uh, uh, hunting and like the adrenaline and all of that. Like, I don't think that will go away. People will always have different interests and things that they like. It's just that the mass population uh, does not like that group of people does not. Uh, signify the mass population yeah, yeah, yeah. most no, people, no, I, most I people will just go with like the most uh, convenient convenient way. thing like yeah. cheapest or like uh, healthiest whatever yeah. but I think with the thing with uh, synthetic meat would not really affect stuff like uh, specialized like uh, Wagyu Kobe beef or like varies because there's such a like out category they're already such an outlier I don't think uh, the uh, synthetic meat would go compete with that category because of how uh, Wagyu is not supposed to be convenient. It's not supposed oh, to be. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's not supposed to be easy. It's supposed yeah. to be as hard as possible, but as as quality as possible. So there's. I don't think you can definitely say that meat would actually be that small of a thing, like actual meat. But And I don't think you can say the price will go up because then you finally have an actual competitor to meat. So if you have competition, the price doesn't go up. Generally, that's how it works. Like if you have competition in an area, price of the product doesn't go up, it goes down. Uh, and if at that point you have a smaller demand for meat, the... The supply, even if it's lower, now there's also a lower demand because people are already eating synthetic meat. So there's a lot of things to consider and we can't predict the future, but I, I think if you want to eat meat, I don't, there should not be anything wrong with that. Yeah, I think that's correct, definitely. Uh, but, you know, just uh, food for thought, but I think, think thinking that synthetic meat is going to be simple uh, just, you know, you just go into a shop and, you know, yeah. you look at the meat section and it just says synthetic meat. I think it's going to be more complicated than that. I, th I think, think it, so? Because, you know, it's, it's all on cells, right? So, you know, you brought example of, you know, I'm not a scientist in anything, yeah. obviously. But the, the Kobe meat or the Wagyu meat or yeah. like yeah. whatever you said, yeah. right? They contain special cells which are different from normal meat, right? You know, there have some some of their own qualities which are not present in, you know, your everyday usual yep. cattle, yep. right? And if, if scientists can spot those differences, I think they could maybe not a perfect copy of it. I yeah. still think that, you know, probably quality-wise, those Kobe and Wagyu beefs have been perfected by humans for centuries. I don't think yeah. we're maybe going to catch up to that level. But I think there are going to be different types of synthetic meat. I think... When you go into the shop, it won't say synthetic meat. It will say something like, I don't know, some meat name. Meat. And then the yeah. brackets to the right, it's a, it says synthetic. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. I don't think yeah. it's going to be just one yes. very yes. hard line, like streamlined synthetic meat, which just, you know, tastes everywhere around the world. I think there's going to be some variation. Obviously, you just stated competition. So yeah. some yeah. variation is definitely yeah, needed definitely, to sustain yeah. it. For sure.
And so, there's already competition. Like, there's already competition in the synthetic meat market yeah, now. Yeah, there's definitely already yeah. a developed market, for yeah. sure. Especially in the States and in it's Europe. It's happening quick. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think the point of it is being convenient and being, uh, like, kill-free, which is, like, what we're looking... What people, like, vegans are, and vegetarians are looking for. But it's already, the, like, the first place you're going to find it is a chain, like, a food chain. It's already, like... It's not really mm-hmm. a store for you to cook. It's mostly, like, a, maybe not McDonald's, but something similar. No, you're right. Like, when I was in America, uh, the only place where I had... Uh, I had an Impossible Burger at White Castle. Yeah, White Castle. Like, it was, like, a dollar and a half. They sell yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. I think they're, they're one of the first ones to do it. Yeah, it was, the, like, an Impossible uh, Slider. And it was, like, a dollar and a half. And you can go to, like, Burger King and get the Impossible... Uh, what's it called? Whopper. Right? Whopper. Yeah, the Impossible Whopper. Yeah. It's, like... It's a pretty cheap alternative. It's not expensive. It's something that will be available. And And I think the example which you guys mentioned about hunting is like a very good way of summarizing it. Like like 10,000 years ago, hunting for most societies around the world was the only way to go about surviving. You had to hunt because that was the way, that was the only way for you to get, you know, to get meat and nutrients, right? But now as humans innovate and introduce agriculture and, you know, mass mass production, now hunting has not disappeared, but it has definitely shrinked to a very, very, from a very, very big portion of the population. It's also evolved, it's changed. It's changed, yes, but, you know, definitely numbers-wise, it has dropped, dropped a lot. Like, I would think that most... Uh, most people 10,000 years ago, like if not everyone, had was hunting yeah. at some point yeah. or in some circumstances. Yeah, but mean, right now, hunting is, you know, maybe it's quite rare. It's not def- It's ne- I would say maybe 3% of the population yeah. engages in hunting. Yeah. That's a pretty liberal yeah, uh, yeah. measure. It's probably even less yeah, your day. And it, it depends where, it depends, it depends yeah, a lot, course, like, if you hunt or not, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, also, another interesting question I would want to ask vegans is that, you know, they obviously get sad when, you know, you mention slaughtering cows and stuff, but, you know, what, like, what is their reaction when they, when they kill a mosquito? Do they think the same way? Do they, like, why do they value some lives more than others? Like, do they think that since a mosquito is small, therefore it contains less value in terms of life? Or some animals are smarter than others, therefore they should be treated differently? Like, it's an interesting question. Like, there are laws of animal abuse, but those laws only work on vertebrates. I don't know how to pronounce it in, in English. The vertebrates. Yeah. Vertebrates, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you step on like a colony of ants and just genocide them, like kill yeah. one thousand, <laughs> like nobody's gonna bat an eye. think that you was know, one of those videos was where they basically <laughs> pull silver into yes, like yeah. and aluminium into like these colonies, yeah. just to like yeah. they basically killed an entire civilization of ants, yeah. like thousands yeah. of ants right there. But if you step on a dog, that's bad. Yeah, if you step on a dog, that's bad, and you're getting into jail. And I'm yeah, not but, disagreeing, but yeah. you know. In the end, it is a very tricky question because insects, I have tend to be, they tend to be more um, of a necessity to the environment than, let's say, a domesticated dog. Yeah, because, definitely. Yeah, definitely. An example of that would be, for example, the bee. 
right? So B does not necessarily stand under any uh, animal rights laws. Um, where I gotta say though, in Laos, for example, there is a river called the River of uh, Fire, I think, where there's, it, it's basically just a huge colony for fireflies. Um, and all of those fireflies stand under the prote protection of the country of Laos. And there's also a fine of $800 that if you hit one into the water, you know, $800. And in the country like Laos, $800 is like basically a five-year salary, you know? Yeah. Um, so they got mad at me for killing a bee once. Yeah, I, I, I got mad at a bee, yes. Which I, No, no, I understand. Don't, I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. No, no, that actually raises another interesting yeah. point, right? So I got mad because of the bee. But if it would have been a mosquito, an ant, or a cockroach, I would have just shrugged it off, yeah. right? So I think it has to do something with the subconscious understanding of the necessity of that animal yeah. or insect yeah. to the human brain, right? A dog. A dog is mostly described as a member of the family, right? A bee is globally seen as basically um, a supporting structure of our environment relating to uh, the fermentation of trees. So I think it's just that understanding what animal plays yeah. what role in our society of how we treat it accordingly. Case in point, you mentioned dogs uh, as a part of a family, whereas it's very, very cultural. Like, yeah. you can go to the East and you can buy, like, dog oh, for right. eating. Yes, <laughs> yes. I, I, I agree. That's, okay, uh, yeah. I think it's all, yeah, yeah. True. It's all a cult. I have one it's thing to say cult. about bees. You like jazz? <laughs> <laughs> I would also like to state that not only it is de dependent on their value in terms of, you know, actual, like what they bring to the plate, like maybe bees, bee, bees are very important to the environment, they pollinate stuff, without them ecosystems would just collapse. Uh, but for example, there are some very useless animals which humans try their absolute best to preserve. And pandas. Those, pandas. Pandas. <laughs> China spends millions of dollars on those useless creatures, which don't do anything besides okay. being cute. Okay, see? Yeah. You think, yes, like, in nature, they don't really serve a large purpose in supporting the um, ecosystem. E ecosystem. Yes, I agree. They can't even support themselves. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. But China is using these pandas as a form of economic um, growth and sustainability. It's marketing. They're, they're, they're marketing <laughs> off their pandas. Like all of yeah. the pandas outside of uh, China are property of China. Mm -hmm. So they're using them as an economic attraction for themselves. So if you go into a zoo in, let's say, Germany, Georgia, Kosovo, whatever, and you see a panda, it's basically China advertising, okay, look, this is our animal. We own it. You pay us for it, right? So I think it's all, every animal has its use in some way or form to benefit either the ecosystem, a country like the pandas, uh, a country in an economics and more promotional way, um, apart, of course, for uh, the ugly fucker, which is the wasp. Uh, I hate those things. They should burn in hell and they have no purpose on our beautiful little planet. Kill all wasps. Yes. What about mosquitoes? They're like killing more people than all yeah. other animals yeah. combined. Yeah. Like much more. Much more. Yeah. Add mosquitoes to the list of Add insects mosquitoes. that should do, do mosquitoes actually, even do anything? Do they do like, anything? Actually, I think they're just part of the food chain and they're important in that way. The yeah, thing is, there's spiders, geckos, frogs. I want to open up another discussion. Uh, Misha said 
this is kind of like a tangent. A, a tangent, yes. Misho said that mosquitoes kill more people than all other animals together. Now, what I want to say is that mo- mosquitoes don't kill people. The diseases, diseases in the mosquitoes kill yeah, people, yeah, yeah. and these diseases kill kill people in very particular parts of the world because yeah. of underdevelopment. So, in a way, you can say that uh, the cholera and Ebola outbreak uh, due to mosquitoes in uh, I don't know Africa, uh, Southeast Africa, was because of uh, slave trade and. Uh, countries being yeah. uh, exploiting Africa yeah. 400 years ago. Like, it's really easy to predetermine uh, the effect of things in the world. Like, yeah, the effect action. of... Uh, yeah. and not just actions, even creatures. Yeah. It's really easy to call mosquitoes dangerous uh, when you don't really look at everything. And, yeah. and I think we're a lot, of scared, a lot more scared of things like sharks and mm-hmm. like lions, which kill like... Statistically, I, way like less, way people, less yeah. than mosquitoes. Oh, there's, well, a very, there's a very interesting statistic. More people die while eating fish than getting eaten by fish. Yeah, which like, makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> makes yeah. sense. Like, getting a fish bone. Like, I definitely in agree <laughs> with, with the point about disease being the killer, not the mosquito. Yeah. There's definitely a sense in that. Where I, can, I can't control but to compare it to like... You know, bullets kill people and not, yeah, the, not, not the, the good. Not the yeah, good. Yeah, that's a good analogy. It's like, you know, technically that's correct, you know. It's yeah. not it's not the yeah. people it's not the guy standing there yeah. aiming aiming at you who kills you. It's the bullet that comes through your head. But he was the one who who shot at you in the end. So I think Yeah, a lot of like uh, the gun like pro people say people kill people, not guns, which is a fair argument argument to make it to a degree but I don't think it's a lot easier to kill someone with when you have a gun so oh, for sure. so I think having a gun just happens to be some sort of incentive to kill someone just uh, that, it's completely like fully correlated no, that's to killing people completely true but I've actually studied this before a paper two years ago you lived in Texas <laughs> yes that's actually why I studied it yeah. <laughs> and only in in Texas, actually, only eighteen percent of uh, gun violence is done through legally uh, obtained obtained gun. guns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, like, I went to school with people who like owned trucks and like shotguns, and they would go to, like they would wake up at five in the morning and go and hunt their food for the day, and then come with their shotgun to school. Uh, th- there's this <laughs> thing in Texas that like. It's very good. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. A bottle of beer and my book on the front of my truck. <laughs> <laughs> and fucking shotgun. And like 17, 16 year olds, and like you would see people with like uh, in, in casts and shit because they were hit by boars. You guys know that meme when it's like how to, uh, how to sneak a Snickers into a cinema and it's like. Instead of a <laughs> instead of a magazine, instead of a magazine, no. But what I was getting at is that, like, uh, the argument of <laughs> just pulled a, a snicker out. Of this. <laughs> Who's got the gun? <laughs> Yo. well, I just pulled the stickers out of my pocket just the coincidence of it I've been being in my pocket when Michel mentioned it <laughs> oh. no, the, the point I was getting at is that the argument that people kill people is actually very true like 
you would not go to school and have the fear that your friend who has a shotgun in the back of their GMC truck is going to shoot you. I just want to say I, I love how we just got into this conversation now from the vegan mm-hmm. thing, but also um, I want it's a big social thing like where it's how you grow up and like the culture you have because it's for someone in Europe I would say it's crazy that you would be scared to like uh, like even though it's like illegal or whatever like trespassing or just being into someone else's lawn where some people in America and some specific like some areas would just be afraid of their life if they found themselves in someone else's lawn which is to me like someone who's never been around guns never been around people who have guns it's um, it blows my mind, mind to a degree that you'd be worried for your life in that case yeah well yeah. it's interesting and it's very culture based like while yeah. I lived in Texas we had a neighbor who was a very well renowned veterinarian in the area and he had like a big ass wall of hunting rifles and like he used to go hunting hunting a veterinarian on, as in Animal doctor. Animal yeah, doctor. not an animal doctor who would like do surgery mm-hmm. on dogs and shit like that. And then go hunting. But like go hunting after his 4 p.m. Uh, was his name know? Matt by any chance? I forgot his name. Do you actually. know if he did dog hunting like with dogs? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it makes sense like as a veterinarian <laughs> to do to do that. It's yeah. interesting. It's a it's interesting hunting with dogs. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like... <laughs> yeah, I think this is where we get back to the uh, point we made uh, a few uh, minutes ago, right? Where, where sport just is an interesting topic that yeah, yeah. people do in order to entertain themselves, right? No, so. but I was also saying the use of guns is not necessarily... Like, the culture side of using guns is very important in the argument of, uh, uh, like, people being pro or against guns. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I really think that... People kill people rather than guns kill people. But, and then oh, cult- sure. culture affects the legislations and laws when you have, like, uh, if you're in my property, I can kill you laws, which is, uh, which is totally a culture thing where in some cultures it's unacceptable and in some cultures it's like, oh, of course. So um, it's, culture will have a big effect on everyone's life, even if you're not necessarily used to the society there. I think the... The the people kill pe- people and not guns people kill people has like kind of two sides of the argument, right? On one point, I do agree that it's definitely the people. You know, if you want to kill someone, you're gonna find a way because humans are extremely fragile. Like in this room, there are hundreds of ways a human could die. You know, this pointy thing, if you fall on it with your with the back of your head, you're out of the game yeah. for the rest of your game life. Game over. It's game over. Or you know. I could break this glass and I could use this as a weapon. Or, or you, you know, could just break thing. the glass and cut one of your arteries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So if you want to kill someone, you're going to find the way, you know? Yeah. It's not the guns. But, that's, but uh, if I, let's say I want to kill you. If I have a gun on me, I will be a lot more incentivized to actually do it. I will be right. a lot more in, like, interested in actually That's another point action. because, you know, <laughs> yeah. maybe the thing is, you know, if you really want to kill someone, you're gonna kill you're gonna kill him either way, no matter if you have guns or not. 
But, you know, j just think about it. It's much easier to just, from a distance, just aim at someone, just shoot him in the head, than to come up to him, look into his face, and just, you know, smash his head in with a with an axe or something. Like, it's much more psychological, much more intimate without a gun. So, yeah, I mean, and there are also some instances where uh, people regret doing their actions, and that's, I think, where the gun plays in, because it's very easy to kill someone with a gun. You know, you can, like, with uh, very, like, a lot of people uh, have problems with controlling their aggression, right? And if it slips for five seconds, and through that five seconds you shoot someone, and you're going to regret it after that, you know? Yeah. Not having a gun in that situation would have been, per like, so much better. Yeah, maybe without a gun, you would just come up to him and just hit him in the head, yeah. you know, maybe broke his jaw or something, but you wouldn't kill him or anything. So I think in that case, not having a gun would be would be something that would could save lives but you know in the end it's no no matter the legislation you can get a gun you can get everything no matter what legislation uh, a country imposes in, on you maybe it's a bit harder but if you want it you can get a gun yeah as easily yeah. like especially since a lot of countries who have gun control who don't have gun control laws are are less usually like most countries with gun control laws are usually very developed or or authoritarian but either way so so less developed countries it's much easier to get a gun there like imagining like some south sudan i could get an ak-47 in some local supermarket no they don't have supermarkets like. a market, <laughs> it's just, some market. just like a market it's a yeah. bazaar or something yeah. <laughs> but, uh, coming from kosovo I, pers I personally, I don't know anyone who owns a gun. So, uh, like, I don't know anyone who, like, actually carries a gun around. Mm -hmm. Or may maybe, like, I've heard of people having it in their house, but more, not more than that. Okay, but I think that's one thing, right? But for us living in Israel, where yeah, yeah. wherever you yeah. go, you see soldiers, soldiers with uh, an M16, M4 whatever, negative, you know, or just civilians carrying guns, right? Yeah. So whenever I go on a Jeep trip to the Negev with my godfather, there's like at least five people there who carry guns um, just because they say they feel safer, right? Yeah. And I mean, it's one thing to have a gun as just a casual civilian to protect himself. And I think it's also another thing to have a gun as a um, former soldier. A soldier yeah. Because, I mean, you've gone through the... Um, through the process of being able to handle a gun under, under specific psychological circumstances, you know. So there's that training that you have. And I mean, in Israel, I think it's a whole other story because basically everyone has had gone, well, nearly everyone had gone through that uh, process of the Israeli Jews. Um, but I mean, also for me being a German, it, it's not too foreign. Um, so my grandfather on my father's side was a hunter, uh, like a for a, a sports hunter, right? Um, and I went on a hunting trip with him once. Um, and, like, I also owned a gun for quite a while. I mean, I didn't really use it apart from once. Um, but I shot a boar. Okay. <laughs> that, <laughs> just okay. just <laughs> on the notice. Like a hunting? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a hunting rifle. Did have rifle. a Glock? No, no, no. It was a hunting rifle. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, it definitely depends on where you come from, right? So in England, it's one thing. There is a large hunting community yeah. in England, but then it also depends on where you come from in England, let's say in London, right? Yeah. In London, yeah. 
it's not very normal to have a gun, apart from maybe if you're from South London or North London, you know. Um, the six. <laughs> um, the end. But it depends on where you're from, who you're with, how yeah. you grew up, you know. It, it we, we said it's a culture thing. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah for sure. A culture thing. Um, also, uh, adding gun legislation, I don't think it ma- it makes that much of a difference. Like as you said, it is very much a culture thing because uh, it y- you are we we don't really think of it this way. Yes, you are able to obtain a gun in the U.S., but generally it is not as easy as people make it sound. Mm-hmm. Like there are lots of rules on like buying a, a gun legally yet a lot of people own guns especially like when i lived in texas it's not that easy mm. to get a gun but you can still get it mm. in kosovo it's much easier to get a gun like i know this because uh, at home we own a gun and uh, like it's really easy like all you have to do is to have a clean criminal record yeah. basically you didn't do anything in the past and uh, depending on the type of gun you might need uh, training or yeah. might not and you need you do need a special permission to uh, hold the gun in your car or whatever yeah. like to hold it on your person otherwise you have to keep it at home but owning a gun in kosovo is a lot easier than in america yet a lot less people do a it a lot less people do it. yeah yeah so that's also like one of the things of you know culture obviously like my my great my great great grandfather right he participated in world war one right and he was an officer so they gave him as a present when, once he finished the war they gave him uh the guns of an officer like a sword and, a, and like a pistol and a gun and we still have it right but you know you don't you don't use it that much plus that the, much Okay. No, it's okay. like it's like you have to have a criminal record. <laughs> yet the criminal record is clean at this point. So the Next thing is, I also think I also think it's like w- when you look at the crime statistics, the U.S. is a much more dangerous yeah. place yeah. than in Europe. Yeah. yeah. You know, and in U.S., gun really makes you feel comf- comforted. Like I remember watching a, a video two years ago or one year ago. There was a some person wanted to do a charge shooting, right? He was in a church and he pulled pulled up a gun, killed one person, and immediately four people from the audience just shot, shot him. him. Yeah. So in those situations, you kind of think that, what if those people didn't have a gun, right? What yeah. what what would happen? Yeah. You know, like in Christchurch, if you guys know, there was a mass shooting in New Zealand, New Zealand, like yeah, yeah, three years ago. Some and dude there's just, a video of it. <laughs> right, right. There's a video of some some dude just uh, came up there like a. Like a Call of Duty Modern Warfare yeah, 3. Yeah, it player. looks like a video game. With a, exactly. exactly. Like exactly. the first person camera yeah. and just started shooting, just blasting people. everyone. Yeah. And, you know, he came, he, he killed like 100 people and no, none of them had a gun. Yeah. Right. And you kind of start thinking about it. You know, what, what if they had a gun? In Europe, that's not a problem because Europe is a much more safer continent. Like, I don't remember the numbers, but I'm going to say it on top of my head because it's very similar. Yeah. Not exactly, but for example, uh, um, uh, Switzerland. Okay, Switzerland is a too ideal example. Let's take something else. Okay, let's say France. France has five homicides per one thousand people, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, let's say uh, let's say Alabama. Alabama has forty homicides 30, per, thousand. per thousand people. Uh, and uh, you know you yeah. kind of start thinking about it. Ten times as dangerous. So obviously carrying a gun there is uh, makes you feel safer. And just anecdotal evidence here. I have a relative who 
lives in the U.S. and whenever he comes back, he he really uh, like states that the the place really feels unsafe. Like you can't go at night without a gun, feeling safe. It's impossible. Like he lives in Ohio, which is not as bad, like as Detroit or something. But it's still like you won't feel comfortable, like like during during nights just walking in the United States. In Germany or in France or in like Netherlands, you you can go around, you can you know walk like yeah, through the entire country. Yeah, it all depends country. on the neighborhoods. Yeah, also. You know, yeah. maybe like very, sp- but generally speaking, on average, you know, in in Ohio, like. Maybe not like a very millionaire uh, neighborhood, but generally speaking, a it's a lot. It's a lot better to be in Europe than to yeah. be in the U.S. Yeah. All right. That uh, uh, a pod. That's a tangent for you guys. We went from vegans to gun control for some reason. <laughs> Interesting. Vegans and guns. Vegan and guns. Michael I, Bay, please I, make a movie. <laughs> are they connected or are they going to be connected? Yeah, I think yeah. they're going to be connected. And then episode two is vegan and guns too and then you have vegans, uh, just vegans and then you have guns. <laughs> and then at the end you have vegans versus guns. <laughs> and then you have two vegans, vegan, redemption. Two guns. <laughs> uh, that's... Uh, or That's yeah. why it's called tangents. Again, I'm gonna repeat this point. Uh, it's just a fun talk. It's just uh, the flow of a conversation. Speculation. Spe- <laughs> we yes. we hope you enjoyed this one. It's uh, I think it's a good one. Au revoir. Thank you for Arigash. tuning in. Peace. Na tremir. Na svidanja, tavarish.